everyone. Welcome. Glad you're here today. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? And it's a, and it's a beautiful day to be in God's house to worship the Lord together. We welcome everyone here. We welcome our guests especially. Uh, you're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope that God will bless you in a special way as we worship God together. Uh, first of all, let me remind you of our attendance sheets. They are on each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take those and uh, fill those out so we could have a record of your attendance with us. We would certainly appreciate that. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, please be sure to put your email address on there. And it's a great way to keep up with the opportunities of worship and fellowship and ministry here at Community Baptist Church. Speaking of those kinds of things, uh, there are several things I'd like to call to your attention this morning. On uh, May the 27th through the 30th, we will be conducting an in-town mission trip. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing mission work, but we're not going to be leaving. We're going to be doing that right here in uh, Henderson. And so that will be from 2 o'clock in the afternoon till 7 in the evening. And uh, we would like to ask you to volunteer to help us with that. Uh, we will be doing a lot of projects, you know, painting and uh, raking leaves and sawing limbs and those kinds of things. And um, so we need two things from you. We need for you to volunteer to help us with that. And we also need uh, a list of projects that we need to accomplish. So if you know of someone who needs some help around their house, uh, just whatever it may be, just let us know and we'll put them on the list and hopefully we'll be able to take care of that for them. Also, on uh, Saturday, May the 31st, uh, we will be serving lunch at the Salvation Army, and uh, we would encourage you to be a part of that. If you'd like to volunteer, please see Jika, and she'll sign you up for that. Our extreme build is coming up uh, pretty shortly now, on June the 8th through the 14th. Um, we'll be going to McCreary County uh, to build a house in one week. We'll be joining volunteers from around uh, Kentucky. Uh, probably about 100 or so volunteers, and uh, in one week's time, we'll build a house. It's a wonderful project. It's really amazing to watch this. Uh, so if you'd like to participate in that, there's a sign-up sheet on the table as you, uh, as you go out the sanctuary. And also, on that same week, we will be conducting Vacation Bible School, uh, and I think it's Weird Animals is the, is the uh, topic or the... Uh, the program is Weird Animals for Vacation Bible School this year. Uh, that's uh, June the 9th through the 12th. And uh, as we've done for a number of years, we are collaborating with First Christian Church and St. Paul's Episcopal Church and the Presbyterian Church of Henderson. And we always move it around from church to church from year to year. And this year it will be at the Presbyterian Church. And so uh, if you would like to volunteer to help with that, uh, please see Mary and she'll sign you up and, and uh, we could use as much help as we can get. And if you uh, have children of that age, then uh, please put that on your calendar and, and make sure to be there um, June the 9th through the 12th. It's a wonderful, wonderful time of fellowship and learning for our children. Uh, a couple of uh, other notes that are not, well, one of them is in your, in your bulletin, but uh, we have a couple of congratulations to give today. Uh, first of all, Dr. Lisa Carroll, uh, she graduated last Saturday, wasn't it? Last Saturday from Morehouse University. Um, Morehead. Morehouse. <laughs> I'm from Atlanta, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a Morehouse University in Atlanta. Morehead University. 
with her doctorate of education. So congratulations, Lisa. And another thing, and I'm, I'm not sure what to say about this, Mark and Nora Hobson. Nora, you have put up with this man for 38 years. <laughs> Happy anniversary to you guys. We love you and, and uh, appreciate that. Um, it, it's wonderful to share this time in, in God's house with God's people. So let me invite you now to stand and we will greet each other in the name of the Lord. birthday. We got a, a young man today that's got a birthday. How old is he? 89. He is 89 years young. Where is Vince Davis? About 15 in dog years. Did Vince leave? Okay. Well, we're going to hold that thought because he, he left. He's coming back. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and start our opening song. It's Open the Eyes of My Heart.
Join me in our responsive reading. Quietly, we come to you. During this hour, we want to be still and know that you are God. So much of our existence is spent in scrambling and searching that we forget our quietness and complication are. Today, we ask for steady and a refocusing, a shaping of our lives. Let us meet you at the deepest places of our hearts. We know we cannot sit still. We must move again. But out of this time of stillness, may we go steadier and sure of who we are and who we are. May your breath move in and out as one with yours. In the silence we rest, we worship. We open ourselves to you. Let us stand.
Our scripture reading today is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses um, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. and sing off to him.
Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, may we follow your words. May we rejoice always, such as the events we've heard this morning from anniversaries, birthdays, and educational success. May we pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. As always, bless these gifts and the good works they will do. In Jesus' name, amen. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. I am uh, honored and, and pleased to introduce our speaker for today. Some of us uh, gathered with him yesterday for a retreat at St. Margaret's uh, Chapel and had a, an absolutely wonderful time of uh, fellowship 
and spiritual renewal. Um, Dr. Glenn Henson is a preeminent Baptist scholar, and we are so blessed to have him with us here today. He uh, has degrees from Washington University in St. Louis, in St. Louis, and um, from Southern Seminary and Oxford University. He has taught at some of the most distinguished schools, uh, such as Southern Seminary and Wake Forest University, uh, the Catholic University of America, Notre Dame. Uh, Emory University and Candler School of Theology. Um, he is the Emeritus Professor of Spirituality and John Loftus Professor of Church History at the Baptist Theological Seminary in Richmond, Virginia. And um, he retired a while back, but he didn't sit around uh, waiting for things to happen. He made things happen, and uh, he had to keep busy. And in his retirement, he has served as uh, visiting professors at uh, Lexington Theological Seminary and the Louisville uh, Theological Seminary, which is a Presbyterian, and Candler School of Theology at Emory and the Baptist Seminary of Kentucky. Um, he has a passion for ecumenism and, uh, and has been, uh, re received war awards for that work that he has done there. And he is a brilliant scholar, a teacher, a mentor, a writer, uh, but most importantly, Dr. Henson is a very spiritually minded gentleman, and I have appreciated his work for many, many years, and we are blessed to have him with us today. So, Dr. Henson, thank you for being here with us. Thank you, Tim. I'm very honored to be here. You arrange for a nice weather for me to come. I'm uh, thankful for that after we have had quite a few storms around in the Louisville area, and I assume you have had a year also. Uh, I, I uh, am especially pleased to see some former students who are performing good ministry. Uh, Ellie, most recently among my The goal of Christians through the centuries has been to fulfill 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. Early on, there were Christians who went out to the desert and went without sleep in order to pray without ceasing. They call themselves akoimatai, which means non-sleepers. Whether they achieved that or not, I'm not sure. And they also developed different forms of prayer in order to pray without ceasing. Some prayed, tried to pray all 150 psalms every day. If you look at Psalm 119, you will be able to uh, understand why they would take 24 hours to pray all 150 songs. Later on, Benedict and Nurse had changed that to all 150 psalms every week rather than every day. They developed also prayer of the heart. That's 
the prayer that is officially the prayer of Orthodox Christians today. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. In the 19th century, a Russian Orthodox went back and studied the writings of the early desert monks and came up with a formula for synchronizing the prayer of the heart with your heartbeat. The first week you pray those words in sync with your heartbeat 3,000 times a day. The second week you pray them 6,000 times a day. The third week you pray them 12,000 times a day. And ever after, he assures you, if you wakened at night, your heart would be beating, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm not recommending this, I'm just telling you. And I've never tried it myself. But I did have a friend in Richmond, a longtime pastor in Richmond, Virginia, he told me that this prayer was the most meaningful one he prayed when he was dying of cancer. I think because there is a reminder of the presence of Christ. I found more meaningful an approach to prayer of a 17th century Carmelite lay brother named Nicholas Herman, or Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence tried for ten years to do the prayers that are prescribed by Carmelites. But he was a simple person, had limited education, and that didn't mean very much to him. But Washing dishes in the monastery kitchen, he learned that he could talk to the pot god of pots and pans. That he, as he put it in the title of the little book ascribed to, not to him, but written about him by someone, he could practice the presence of God. And everything he was doing, he said, he would try to be attentive to the presence of God. Now, what I think Brother Lawrence did was to fall head over heels in love with God and let that transfuse and transform everything he was doing. You know what happens when you fall head over heels in love with someone. I assume that all of you have had that experience. Maybe it's with yourself. (laughs) Hopefully it's with another person. But you can't get the beloved out of your mind. The beloved is present in everything, your thought in everything that you're doing. When I gave the woman, now my wife, an engagement ring, I drove 10 miles with my emergency brake on. Well, 
Brother Lawrence said, I turned my little omelet in the pan for love of God. Everything is done for the love of God and with attention to God. Now, uh, Brother Lawrence went on to say that in order to fall head over heels in love with God, you have to get to know God. Scriptures help us here. They remind us that we get to know God through nature, through history, and through our own lives. You know Psalm 19. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament shows God's handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night declares knowledge. Now, the psalmist recognized, as you and I would, that it's not a matter of physical sound. No voice is heard, and yet God's voice goes out through all the earth. You know, Psalm 8, when I consider the heavens, the work of your hands, the sun, moon, and stars, and all that you have made, then I must ask, must ask, what am I as a human being that you have paid attention to me? Well, Jesus drew lessons, object lessons from nature to the anxiety ridden of his day. He urged them to pay attention to the lilies of the field, the birds of the air, and the hairs of your head, which are numbered. Some of us, they come in and out and don't come back in. Well, uh, all of the works of God remind us constantly of who God is and the love of God for us. But uh, while the Hebrews believe that God speaks to us and opens insight into God and our world through nature, they believe that is more true even of history. That's true of all history, because God is the Lord of all history. But it's especially true of certain segments of history. From time immemorial, the Jewish people have uh, celebrated what they call a seder, at Passover time. Maybe some of you have participated in a seder, have you? At Passover time, they gather together, and after a meal of lamb and herbs, the youngest child was instructed to ask, why is this night different from all other nights? And then, the oldest person there, the head of the family, was to tell the story of the exodus from Egypt. And in the account of the setter of Jesus' day, a rabbi added, Do this 
as if you yourselves were going out from the exodus in Egypt. You come like a little child and enter into the story and imagination and let that story mold and shape your understanding. You, you know what particularly characterizes children. Uh, when they listen to a good storyteller, they would get up and act out part of the story. They will answer questions which haven't been asked. That story becomes their story. And the same is true for this story of stories in Jewish history. For us as Christians, there is another story of stories. That's the story of Jesus. Well, we believe God has disclosed something about God and about our world and about our purpose here on earth. We believe especially that God has disclosed something through the life of Jesus, through his death and through his resurrection. It isn't by accident that through the centuries, Christians especially have focused their meditation on the gospel, because in the gospels, we believe that we have the story of stories. Uh, early early uh, Christian artists especially illustrated gospels. We have some of those great uh, medieval examples like the Lindisfarne Gospels because it is in them especially that we have the story of stories. And we want to come in our imagination and enter into the story and let the story do a job on us to let it help mold and shape our understanding. Now, if we have begun to understand something about God through nature and through history, then there is another way in which we also can get to know God, and that is through our own lives. Because God is here, present, involved in our lives, in what's going on with us in the life of every day. There's a wonderful collection of prayers by a French monk named um, Michael Quast, Michael Quast, and just entitled Prayers. Michael Quast prefaces one section of his prayers with this comment. If we knew how to look at life with God's eyes, as we walk through life, we would see innumerable tokens of the Father's love for us. What we want to do is to develop a constant attentiveness to the presence of God in all of life. He has 
prayer before a $20 bill, a pornographic magazine, the sea, eyes, the object of nature. And he prefaced the second section of his book with this comment. If we knew how to listen to God in all of life, then all of life would become a prayer. He has in that section a prayer about a youth brought in with an overdose of drugs. And entitled it, That Face, Lord, Haunts Me. It has a prayer about a hospital, uh, about people suffering from different kinds of diseases. Because God is involved in all of life. And we, if we learn how to listen to God, in all of life, then all of life could become a prayer. And I think that's the object that we have. And that is really what Paul was referring to here in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. I think this has a parallel in a word of Jesus in Luke 18.1. We ought always to pray and never to give up. There ought to be that constant attentiveness, awareness of the presence of God in all of life. Well, this is the understanding that I would have. You and I can practice the presence of God. In everything we are doing, we can be attentive to God. And that can open to us an understanding of who God is. Above all, we want to fall head over heels in love with God. And allow the love of God to pour into our lives. Prayer is above all opening like a flower to the morning sun to allow God's love energies to pour into us. It is those love energies that can transform our lives. It's those love energies that can flow through us to our families, to people around us, to the world around us. If only we would be attentive at all times to God. Practice the presence. You and I can do that. Amen. Beautiful words and beautiful sentiments. Really a very simple um, idea, but one that may not be very 
simple to grasp and to, and to live. It's simple to grasp, but maybe not so easy to, to live. But how much better our life would be if we did. Just to look at life through the eyes of God. And in doing so, see little hints of God everywhere that we are. And if we're able to do that, then all of life will be a prayer. And as we allow God's love to flow into us, it can flow from us to others. What a beautiful thought. Thank you, Dr. Henson, for sharing that with us. I know you, are, you have been blessed, as I have, to, to have him with us uh, here today and this weekend uh, to share these thoughts. Join us now as we sing together our closing hymn, a beautiful hymn, one that describes exactly what Dr. Henson has been talking about, seeing God in everything, in nature, in everything. When morning gilds the skies, number 221, would you sing with us? May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you where God may send you. May God guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May God bring you home rejoicing at the wonders that God has shown you. And may God bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. He's left again. I was going to.